This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Many companies are focusing on the health of their employees and their levels of stress that they may be dealing with during this pandemic, especially if they are in the work-from-home category. For example, Citigroup has now instituted Zoom-free Fridays. The announcement by new CEO Jane Frazier uh, Fraser, excuse me, suggests that employees should not use Zoom as a vehicle to conduct business on Fridays going forward. It's a recognition of how important the platform has become in the last year and how much we may still be using it moving forward. Yvonne Barenke, Associate Professor of Management and of Business Economics and Public Policy with the Wharton School, joins us with more. Yvonne, great to talk to you again. Hello. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, and I feel like we should be doing this interview on Zoom to make this more appropriate, right? Exactly, exactly. And I turn off the video and vacuum my room at the same time. <laughs> well, you know, take us take us into this mindset now uh, and off yep. of the decision by Citigroup because we've seen a variety of articles about how companies are thinking about health issues and maybe more specifically mental health uh, issues right now of their employees because of these unique dynamics at work uh, with them working right now. Yes. And I think I would, whenever I see a company making decisions about change, the first thing I worry or wonder about is whether it addresses a cause or a symptom of a problem. And um, I think in this case, um, especially for Zoom, because it is used for, for so many things and so pervasively, I think it is good to think about like what causes people to to not like Zoom or what causes people to not feel uh, productive or happy in the workplace, especially now. Um, and I think um, what companies really have to think about is like you know how to recreate or continuously recreate a culture in which uh, people. A, can get the work done because companies have a mission. They have to do certain things, so work has to get done. But B, and that is really, I think, something that has fallen away in the last six months, create an environment where people can become creative and innovative and, and, and engage with, uh, with their colleagues in a way where they can explore ideas in an, un, in an unconstrained way. And I think that is the principal thing that has fallen away, you know, those chance encounters or, you know, people just participating casually in meetings that might perhaps be a little bit adjacent to their work. But those are the meetings and encounters that make people feel uh, part of the mission of the company, where people can become more creative. And I right. think because Zoom has been used so much and people have to hop on, hop off one Zoom meeting and hop on to the next one, they don't really have any room to breathe to then become really settled and engaged with the meeting. Right. Uh, so, so, so what? Yeah, go on. Uh, no, I was going to say the, the other part to this, I, I think, is, uh, you know, we've been using this, these platforms for the last 12 to 13 months because we've had to. But there is now more of an understanding that these platforms are going to be more a, a common part of our working lives, especially those people that would normally travel for business, uh, will not be doing that as often. And they'll probably be holding a lot of these meetings more so via Zoom or other platform than they would maybe going to a company's location in another part of the U.S. Yes. 
I mean, there are many. I can come up with a lot of examples where, you know, I think Zoom has been great and will remain, I think, as a part of our work life. For instance, think of I, uh, I, I meet you or I, I email you and then I say, oh, let's, let's talk about it next time when we are in the office. And then, you know, perhaps we do this next time we would meet in the office. I mean, and this was before COVID. But, you know, it's, it's a good likelihood that we won't meet each other in the office and then we don't get to talk about it. Now the barrier has, has dropped away, essentially, where people can just say, hey, why don't we just um, have a quick meeting about it and share the screen where we can show each other our ideas and, uh, you know, better explain with, with graphs or images or text what we want to, what we want to explore. So I think there are, there are many examples here. But I think... Um, Again, what we have to un- understand is you know, how to create uh, an environment for people where they can be you know, engaged and happy in the workplace. And I think one thing that happened many times with Zoom meetings, you know, there are many people there. And you know, I think the, the culture around Zoom meetings has, has to often improve. Often it is you know, the senior and the most vocal person who gets to say a lot, and then others just sit there and they can't really participate. And, you know, when you have a meeting where somebody talks for like three minutes and you can't participate, people just switch off and they think that this is yeah. not really for them. And then what is then really the, the annoying part is that, you know, the most senior people talk and they tell what people do and the others who could not actually participate because there's no voice for them, then it is in the end up to them to actually do the work. So there, there's a lot of frustration yeah. around how to do Zoom right. So I think... That is one aspect that I think people have to really think about, like how can we actually create and continuously create an environment where people can you know, be, become engaged and stay at the company. If you turn, if you just say, oh, on Fridays you are off from Zoom. Now, what, what does that really mean? I, I, don't, I don't fully understand what that really means and how this actually helps with anything. If then they say, okay, now we have to cram in uh, all our other Zoom meetings into the other days because that's pro- probably what's going to happen now <laughs> at that company where they say, well, we still need to do all these meetings and now we do them on the other days. Um, so that's that's clearly not really a solution. I think the, the, well, the, we have to really explore the causes of why they are unhappy with the Zoom meetings. And the other interesting part to this, Yvonne, is the fact that when Citigroup made this pronouncement, uh, they were really focusing on the the in the office Zoom calls. Uh, they still yeah. have an expectation of if you have to do business with clients, et cetera, that you yeah. still should take the Zoom call. So it's not a totally Zoom free Friday, especially after you do business. It, it does go to something you said a moment ago that maybe the people that are doing business with clients will have to adjust their schedule. So they put all of those calls in the first four days of the week and not have any any of them booked on Fridays. Exactly. You, you, you precisely spell out uh, these unintended consequences of like blunt policy changes where people will then, you know, um, game the system or work around the system to still do anything because nothing under, in the underlying culture has changed. Look, I think what companies really have to think about is, you know, how can we now smartly bring people back to the office in a, in a, in a logistically clever way? you know, uh, schedule ways where people can come into the office without being crowded in it so people can have a chance to interact with with each other again. So that's one thing that they can think about. I think the other issue that we have to understand is that people are 
are working from home, and there have been studies that show that you know if you more people working from home can actually make them more productive. But that is only the case when you don't have childcare, when you don't have um, sure. you know yeah. grandparents uh, to look after. So the people don't really have a good setup uh, at home to actually work well. Um, you know, I for one, you know, I live in the city and we have a limited number of bedrooms and, you know, all those bedrooms are taken by my children who um, who have to do Zoom calls and my wife works from home. So I don't really have like proper a proper office setup. Plus, I would crowd the Internet uh, for, for my wife and children who, who have to do their meetings as well. So I think companies have to now be, be smart about how to recreate uh, social interactions because people feel isolated at home. They, they feel that they can't participate effectively in those meetings. They feel isolated. Uh, they, they lack that engagement with the company. And they actually mm-hmm. literally lack not a work-life balance, but a life-work balance. They want to actually be effective yeah. and work well in the company. Instead, they're at home where they are interrupted all the time uh, and where they can't really be you know, part of the community where they have a voice and explore new ideas. Well, and it goes to something else that, that kind of, Uh, is coming forward with this pronouncement by Citigroup is that they're also suggesting no work calls outside of normal hours, which goes to another uh, issue that we've talked with you about in the past is the connectivity between employee and employer that seemingly in many cases is more like about 18 hours a day rather than eight hours a day. Yeah, I think, um, again, the... When people are working from home, you know, some people, you know, people who don't have family, who live alone, you know, they can they can easily get their work done if they manage their life a little bit from nine to five. But I think the reality is that many people are now stuck at home where it's really busy around them and they have very little quiet and uninterrupted time. Uh, where they actually really depend on working late in the evening sometimes because this is when finally the house has settled down and then they can in- yeah. interact. So this is this is totally counterproductive. And, you know, this goes to show that um, COVID and working from home actually increase the inequalities among people who are who are privileged enough to not have to look after children because, you know, they, they are, their house is big enough or they can just mm-hmm. send them to to, uh, to do whatever so that they can work in uninterruptedly and others who don't have that luxury. So I think this, again, is not really thought out because how does it help or hurt people who actually are the ones that struggle the most with the living circumstances and the working circumstances at home? How much has have you heard now that there is more of a focus by companies looking at things like burnout because of these dynamics we've been dealing with over the last year plus? Um, I think the data is, is still coming in. Um, we, um, it, it, the, the principal challenge uh, always for companies like, you know, is how to um, attract people and how to retain people. And especially the people who are the most, most productive and, and or the most, uh, who had the most uh, added value to the company. Mm-hmm. And um, this, uh, this is still, you know, uh, early, early stages. I think what will, will, because, okay, Sorry for being a bit rambling. It is a little difficult to get an empirical handle on this because many yeah. companies were basically very static now. They they don't hire new people. They don't really fire more people now. Uh, they have done this in the beginning of the crisis. So things are really really static. Now, mm-hmm. as the economy starts to you know get more uh, vibrant again, I think we will see a lot of movement uh, of people across companies. 
because companies are starting to hire again. And I think when people are looking at their data so far, they see, oh, you know, I think burnout is not so bad. And that is because there are no other options at the moment where people can go to another company. But I think what will be striking now is that once the company ramps up, you will see a lot of uh, mobility across companies, and especially by people who are very productive and effective. So companies have to be really careful not to draw many conclusions about the data, about um, not losing the, the high talent people because that has not happened for lack of ability to move, but that will change. And so do you expect that, that, that some of these changes, they're going to be permanent ones? or Because I, I think some w- people would have the concern that obviously you're making these changes now because of the pandemic, but as we move farther and farther away from it, that maybe companies will go back to maybe what the norms were. Yeah, I think we will we will have to see. Um, when people have done research uh, on working from home, um, they you know this was before COVID. So again, you know different circumstances where when they were working from home, they were not interrupted by by family members or, or children. But even in those circumstances, when people were then surveyed after time, you know, do you want to keep working from home or do you want to come into the office? Uh, the majority of people said they want to come back to the office and work there. So there will be a lot of uh, demand for people to actually uh, work in the office. Yet, there should perhaps be a a conversation about uh, retaining a certain flexibility uh, that, you know, perhaps some of the work can uh, be done remotely, especially when, you know, people can save on commuting. I mean, people on average spend 40 minutes uh, of commuting one way towards work. So that's a lot of time that people spend in an unproductive way. Um, And... I think what I hope companies are smart about is to uh, allow people access back to the company in in a safe way, but continue to retain the flexibility that working from home can offer and have a more of a hybrid culture. And I I believe many companies who will actually do well and do well during the recovery will be those who will cultivate and improve that hybrid culture of working both from home and in the office. Yvonne, great to talk to you as always. Thank you for your insight. Yes, always a pleasure. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. Yvonne Barenke, Associate uh, Professor of Management and of Business Economics and Public Policy with the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.